Hey, Warners, this is your warning that the following episode of Women Your Mother Warned You About went a bit rogue from the beginning. You know, one of those episodes where we started the show before we started the show, you know, we were recording and then things happened. So put on your big girl panties and buck up for the ride with Rachel Pitts, Keith Walters and yours truly, Gina Tremarco. We are doing the next episode of Women Your Mother Warns You About. Welcome. I am Gina Tremarco, master sales trainer at Sales Gravy and master improv teacher here to um, have some fun with Rachel. Are you not having fun already? (laughs) (laughs) I'm having so much fun. You want to tell everybody who you are? I'm Rachel Pitts. I am the mortgage loan officer with U.S. Mortgage and the creator of Your Ultra Fit Lifestyle. Here we are. So this is a rogue episode that... um, this idea just came up in the past 24 hours, and we are recording this um, during Thanksgiving week. So uh, this will air after Thanksgiving. So just mind you that, um, yeah, so <laughs> it might seem a little mean-spirited, maybe a tiny bit, because we're talking about mean girls. So this is not, this is not about <laughs> being nice and grateful. This is about venting a little bit and getting it out of our system about the mean girls yeah you know i've worked uh i worked for most of my life as a dancer and being in groups of large groups of girls together and you know the mean girl thing is is not easy and it's and it's important to navigate and actually when um an incident went down yesterday I, i when i came in the house roxy was in here with her tutor and i start talking about it because I said, you know, this can be beneficial to you, Roxy, to understand how mean girls and how haters work a little bit better and how you can best cope with it. Did you tell her about the situation? Yeah, of course. Yeah, sure. Oh, that's awesome. I think that's a really good teachable moment. I wish, I mean, I think let's just talk about young girls in general. When you brought this up to me yesterday, and just so everybody knows, um, Rachel and I have a secret code called well, do we want to tell them a Maybe, secret code? Maybe, because they sort can of use a secret it. Code. I mean, we call it May Day. So we will text each other if we are in, in need of a May Day moment, which means if your friend can drop everything that they're doing to give you an ear, you know, you do that. It's a May Day moment of like, I need someone to talk to because I might kill someone or, or whatever. sliding down the slippery slope of not <laughs> a good place, which is what I, exactly I was doing yesterday when I... I was like, I better call Gina. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so Rachel so Rachel called me um, with a May Day moment um, if I had time, which I did because this is an easier week for me. And um, by the way, Doug, if there was any kind of noise, Doug came knocking on the door and showed up. So we're we're happy that he's here because he's going to hang out with us um, because I'm sure he's got perspective on Mean Girls. Uh, so. So we stopped to talk about a mean girl situation because, well, do you want to, do you want to sure, tell yeah, the story? Absolutely. Of so your mean I girl was situation? Um, having lunch with somebody and it was actually a really good productive business lunch and, you know, somebody that I enjoy and we were like standing at the car and the very last thing she said to me was, you know, you better watch out for so-and-so because 
she and her crew, she used the word crew, she and her crew have had a lot of ter- like awful things to say about you. And I was like, what? Because this individual, I, ha- I actually, I have a really high regard for her. I think she's really sweet. She's always super well-dressed and she's pretty and she's runs a very, very strong business of which I have, um, I have participated in what she offers in business. I've given her public props because she's very good at what she does and she's super smart and she's always really nice to me. So to find out that apparently she's been trashing me behind my back and saying just like that all my singing lender marketing is trashy and that I'm so weird and I just think I'm all that and this stuff. And I was like, I didn't even know what to say because it was so out of left field for this person to bring it up to me. I do believe that she was bringing it up to me to like try to warn me or, you know, be helpful in some way. But I was like, it really threw me off because I'm like, why would that person have something against me and what? And then immediately I was like, oh, that must mean I'm doing something right. So I better double down on what I'm doing because people don't like haters don't show up when you're not doing anything in life. Haters don't show up when you're not making waves. Haters show up when you're doing something that's calling attention to yourself. And, but yet, I mean, there was like, (laughs) then I'm in the car and then I'm like coming up with what would the conversation be like if I called up this person? Yeah, I think this is important because when we talked about this yesterday, we're like, what if we did an episode of the things we really want to say to the haters? Because you and I are classy broads. Believe it or not. Speak for yourself. And we won't. <laughs> well, we, 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 we're capable of being classy broads, but we can also cut a bitch, right? So you and I know how to take a higher road, but sometimes the inside My voice. My inside voice was really wanting to wants... call her up and be like. <sighs> yeah, I want to hear what you oh, wanted I to wanted say to, to her. Say, Hey, oh my gosh, how are you? Oh, good. Yeah, I had a great Thanksgiving. Thank you so much. Yeah, I see you guys are crushing it right now in your business. That's so awesome. And you know, I appreciate you so much. And I'm wondering why you're talking shit about me behind my back. Because that's what I heard. Because you know, we could do fists or guns and (laughs) you would lose. So wherever you'd like to meet, let's do it. Like... Because back in the day, they used to like have duels. If you said something about somebody, you'd have a duel. And this bitch can shoot over here. And I pretty much can lift more than any female that I know in this city. So what time, bitch? That was the main takeaway that I had from the musical Hamilton, is that dueling is, right? dueling is an effective way to get rid of your enemies. Well, exactly. And I, and incidentally, Doug, well, that's exactly what Rachel said yesterday. Like I have my seven hour playlist that rotates for my workouts in the morning. And then when I'm getting ready for the day, I always listen to Hamilton. I'm obsessed with it right now. And the 10 dual commandments and all, I mean, it's such a great musical. If you haven't seen it, go right now to Disney and watch it. But I mean, yeah, I think dueling is a good idea. And now, now, like in a professional business environment, I can't really retaliate against this person because she's well known and well loved. And apparently her fucking crew doesn't love me either. So like, I can't really retaliate, but I sure do like planning it over here, you know, over coffee. 
Do you feel better now? Yeah, sort of. I'd feel better if I could beat her motherfucking ass because that'd feel good. I've always wanted to beat someone's motherfucking ass. And right now I am primed for it. Like the worst I've ever done is on the school bus. And I think it was maybe like fifth or sixth grade. I turned around and slapped this girl. And then I cried. But now I could beat pretty much anyone's ass. It'd probably be a good fight between me and my husband too. Because he's strong. But like I'm strong. And I have endurance. <laughs> you should do a you should do a podcast equivalent of a burning ceremony. Have you you guys have certainly heard of a burning ceremony or a burning ritual where you all gather yes. around? Exactly. Yes, I've I've done it. I've done. Do I've a been podcast in a burning equivalent ritual. of that where you just take everything that you want to say to the haters and put it all in the middle, burn it. <laughs> Yeah, well, the part of part of the purpose of this episode yeah. was to do that because you know we we talked about this where Rachel said she wasn't used to having haters at this stage in life, and she did as a kid, but not now. And I was like, oh damn, I've had all kinds of haters in my adult life. Like, I've built a resilience. Well, and it. I guarantee because of all the things that I do, that is. Um, by the way, in case you're listening, it's on purpose outside of the box and different from everyone else. Just saying. Um, and and anytime that an individual does something super outside of the box, you're you're asking for people to scratch their heads and have and have negative things to say, I guess. And so I'm sure that there's plenty of haters out there. And even after my very first singing lender video, I did know that people just thought it was I mean, friggin' there's zero cleavage and my dress comes down past my knees. And it was still like so provocative. And so I knew that people were already hating on it. But I just didn't actually have real confirmation. So it made it a little bit more real. And I kind of don't fucking want to know. Like, I don't, I, well, I do care because it did hurt my feelings. Let's be real. But I don't, I'm still going to keep well, that, on that's, doing that's what I'm the, doing. Well, that's the big premise here is, you know, the, the big takeaway that I think listeners need to really take away is, you know, we're human. We're going to have our feelings hurt. And, and that that's human. And you and I talked about this yesterday too, about rejection. And from a neuroscience perspective, we are wired to fear rejection because when you look at the days of the dinosaurs, like being part of a group was necessary for survival, for absolute survival. You had to be part of a group. And if that group rejected you for any reason and you got ostracized you got eaten by a dinosaur so that carries in our dna in all seriousness that this fear of rejection and not being included is real and it like releases all kinds of brain chemicals that create this fight or flight kind of thing and that's what you were going through yesterday at that moment was someone rejecting you and you not being well, part of the group. What's interesting in a conversation that I had later with Felix was that in the world of dance and in the world of fitness, which is where I really belong, which is where I really feel comfortable, everybody thinks that what I do is awesome because I belong to that tribe. In the world of real estate, it's harder for me because for the most part, realtors and mortgage brokers are a more conservative bunch, you know, like the arms crossed business suit type of, you know, headshot. 
And I just don't fit into that. And so what was like later in the day, because you like you and I talked, you know, we, you knew I would process it later. And later in the day, I was just like, it's just, um, it's just further confirmation that yes, indeed, I am different than all these people in this particular industry. And it makes me question like, am I right to stay in this industry or should I put more focus on the industry where I'm hundred percent comfortable and where people are hundred percent comfortable with me and where I can be as weird and as crazy and as creative and as fit as I want, because I guarantee there's plenty of haters out there right now with my fitness level. And well, I, I think you hit it on the head. It's, it's about creating yeah. your own tribe. So again, when we go back to this, these caveman days, you got kicked out of the tribe if people thought you were weird and outside of the box, right? You're going to get kicked out of the tribe and you're going to get eaten. And if you're smart and you get kicked out of the tribe, you create your own tribe. Also, if you're smart, when you get kicked out of the tribe, you're lifting heavy so you can fight that motherfucking dinosaur. And that is the, and that is the lesson that I <laughs> took that. away from Flintstones. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or Land of the Lost. Oh. Doug, did you ever watch Land of the yeah, Lost? Yeah, Land of the Lost was oh, great. Thank you yes. for knowing what Land of the Lost is, because oh sometimes God, people yeah. don't know about the yes. stacks, and I'm like... How did you live without Land of the Lost on Saturday? Listen, uh, the Slee Stacks and ALF uh, psychologically traumatized me as a child. I was scared of, of two things. I wasn't scared of Ghost. I wasn't scared of the dark. I was scared of the Slee Stacks, and I was scared of ALF. You were scared of ALF? <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't get it. I mean, uh, just a big furry alien who liked to eat cats. What is there to be afraid of? <laughs> yeah. Hey, everybody's got, got their, their thing. thing. I don't we know what we're talking about, but I fucking love Land of the Lost. Yeah, we were we were, <laughs> we were talking about being rejected from the tribe and, and <clears throat> creating your own tribe. I think, you know, when we you hit it on the head, like we, we do things that get people going. It's like if you polarize anybody and it's inevitable that you're going to polarize somebody no matter what you, you just are. Unless you're just part of the crowd and floating under the radar because there's those people, too. There are, there are the chameleons that will be everything to everybody. I think they're named Karen. And I don't think they're happy. And I think they don't live a fulfilled life because they're trying to fit in everywhere and they ultimately fit in nowhere. So their lives are miserable and their jobs are miserable and their careers are miserable and their children and their spouses are miserable and their friends who pretend to be their friends who are also Karens are miserable. So, I mean, they're their own tribe. Well, and I think that it also boils down to not exactly like not knowing exactly what direction you want to take and like i have always been always been somebody who i will go a hundred <laughs> so, speaking of sleeve stacks one just walked by behind gina um uh i have always been <laughs> super duper driven towards whatever goal like a hundred percent like a locomotive and sometimes i'll be like eh, you know what i'm not going that direction anymore and i'll go this way a hundred miles an hour and but i always know like this bikini competition thing what La this time this last year i would have been like ah ha 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 like i had no idea i'd be so full blast into this moment of my life but that's just how i do and a lot of people kind of wander around and don't they don't have that goal of like where they're going 
Yeah, and it's a really interesting thing, right, Rachel? When you give yourself 100% to something, as you said, it, it does tend to attract people who are either jealous of that or, or who think negatively of that. And at the same time, by giving yourself 100% to something, you do kind of open yourself up to some vulnerability there. So it's sort of a, a, a double-edged sword. You're becoming vulnerable and people are waiting to attack. And, and it can be a really difficult thing to kind of navigate that as you try to stay committed uh, to something. Yeah. Oh, I have to add to after all that happened yesterday and I was like trying to stay focused on my day and process, I received a video message from another individual in the same industry and and it was the sweetest most heartfelt kindest opposite of what i had received he was like i just want to tell you that you i'm so proud of what you're doing i can't believe you're doing all the all of that with being a mom and you know homeschooling and running a business and having a life and it's just so inspiring and i'm just wanted to tell you how great it was and i just like cried i was like that was amazing and he he had no idea anything like that was going on aside from my post about haters <laughs> and he responded to it um so it's interesting if you're going to do awesome things, which I like doing awesome things, then you have to have a certain resilience about just exactly what Doug said is I'm opening myself up to all kinds of criticism and, and um, scrutiny. And, but there's the other side to it that a lot of people are inspired by someone who's willing to put themselves way out there in whatever it is they're doing. You know, Gina's doing the same thing. She's suddenly, uh, not very long ago, like a month ago, like suddenly joined Sales Gravy and was thrown into the fire, drinking from the fire hose of knowledge of trying to figure out this whole new thing. And, you know, that's a big, big thing too. You're just putting yourself out there because some people wouldn't do it. They'd be like, that's too, that's, that's too much. You can't do it. Well, you know, there's there's a couple things with that, like, you know, it's like a dream come true job for one. So it, there was no hesitation in doing it. And then I got in oh, it and shit. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, my God. Do I realize where I'm at right now? And oh, my God. And Jeb's like, he asked, you asked for this. Was that was that a, was that just a level of work or was it uh, was there self-doubt involved there? What, what was going on? I think all about all, all of the above. I think I think we have a tendency as humans to sometimes have imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. Right. And like you, you, you're, you're, you're climbing, you're climbing to get to the peak and you get to the peak and you're like, I made it. Oh, shit. Did I really was I was supposed to do I deserve to be here? And then you 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 have this moment of like, oh, how did I get? Oh, my God. I, I've done all this work to get here and I'm here. Now what? Right. And and I've actually heard this in a different way in a church sermon years ago about peaks and valleys. We work really hard to get up, you know, mm -hmm. climb the hill, climb the mountain to get to the peak. And then we get to the peak and we're like, Ooh. yeah. And then we have to like go down to the other side and we go into a valley. And so it's being mindful of the peaks and valleys that you're going into. And if you go into a valley, you have to kind of like mindset, just rest in the valley and look up to the next summit of where you're going to. So I think it was a combination of things. It was a 
Okay, there was so much. There was the um, potential imposter syndrome for a moment. There was, I will say, mm-hmm. the overwhelm of so much to learn at the same time that was taxing different sides of my brain. So building the home studio, that took some time. I, I just became like fully um, virtual learning certified. We call it VLX certified yesterday. It took me a while to get my studio built to what it needed to be. Yeah, um, Getting all that technology in place, being able to self-produce all of that. So there was that. There's the learning all of the content back and forth so that I, I can teach it, Jeb's content. There's the aspect of designing my content. There's the aspect of managing all of these learners, about 160 at any given moment. Right? It was just this combination. And then working for a man who is fucking brilliant and out of the box and innovative and has, you know, wants perfection and and rightfully so and that's why he's successful and so I'm wanting to please him right so is that all of that combined I want if you listeners could rewind back to what Gina was saying a few minutes ago about like when you were saying like here I am do I belong here oh my god I've done all this work Do, do I deserve to be here like that is exactly exactly how I felt backstage at my first bikini competition i felt exactly Mm -hmm. like that i was like i'm ready i'm here and then i was like oh shit oh am i am i should i be here and then i hit the and then (laughs) i hit the valley like face first when i came in last and then um (laughs) immediately started climbing up the next hill which is arriving this weekend but it, it was exactly that feeling, that imposter feeling about, and I, I wonder if how many of our listeners feel that in certain situations or like if people like, how must it feel when you don't feel that? I mean, I've been there in the scenario where I don't feel that where I'm somewhere, but the imposter syndrome where you're like, am I really good enough to do this? And, but see, like for your situation and mine, you're in the room. You're there. You're you're there because you deserve to be there. But it's just our own self doubt that creeps in. Well, I, I think what happens, what affects people's success in many ways, is that they get stuck in the status quo because status quo is really comfortable. Status quo isn't scary. Status quo is an imposter syndrome of doubting yourself. Should I be here? And so people stay in that. I'm just going to stay here in the safety zone. But when you push yourself into a scary place, like. You know, again, dream come true to work for sales gravy. And then I'm like, oh, my God. Okay, okay so is the status quo where the mean girls live? Because they're living where where you're supposed inside the box and that's comfortable. So anybody that's outside the box is... I, I think I think mean girls are living in the status quo and they're also living in the world of negativity bias where they just automatically they automatically go to a place because as humans we're wired to go negative mm-hmm. before positive so they're they're instantly going to the negative because they haven't learned how to have emotional control and how to have a mindset that's a growth mindset they're not there they're not evolved we mm-hmm. are evolved which scares people because our 
the fact that you and I have been through therapy, that we're self-aware, um, that we have been knocked down more times than we can count and get back up, that scares people because we come off to some people as cocky or overconfident. Uh, and that scares people because they're not that and they can't imagine being that. And it's easier to be the nice girl. Even though they're being a mean girl, they think they're being, or they're a being nice, nice girl. to your face at an event and then they're being mean when you really when you're not around. Yeah. Yeah. Like the sad thing is this girl, as much as I wanna be like angry at her, and I would beat her fucking ass if given the chance, like for fun. Um, but like in all honesty, I, I still will support her because she's great at what she does. I still and and I personally wish for the success of other women. And I think that's part of what you and I started this podcast for is like, it's OK for us all to have the crown. We all get to be queens. And then. But there but but there are some women and men who deep down inside have an insecurity issue and don't think that they deserve it. And so they project that back on to other people because if I don't deserve it, you probably don't deserve it it either. Yeah. Mm. I love, I love the serious look on Doug's face. I just think it's all, I think it's all very interesting. Um, I, I think that, uh, yeah, the self doubt thing is extremely real and uh, I don't think that you can ever, fully get rid of that voice. I don't know that it would be healthy to get rid of that voice. Uh, you just have to learn uh, to live with it. And, and I, I find what Rachel said really interesting about getting that message from a supporter and, and how it made you feel. And I've often thought about how do I find ways, especially not not just when I get negative feedback on something, but but when I'm in the grind, when I'm doing something day after day and I'm wondering, is this... Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Um, is this does this even matter? You know, when that kind of self doubt jumps in about finding those totems, if you will, mm-hmm. those things that sort of bring me back mm-hmm. to whether it's a tweet from somebody saying, "Hey, this yeah. show that you do really changed the way I thought about something," and and really clinging to those, maybe even you know putting them somewhere where you can see them and going, "Yes, I've got to connect to that every once in a while to remind myself." that what I'm doing does matter. That, that, that's a really good point, Doug, because that reminds me of keeping track of, because we're doing another episode on, on gratitude, keeping track of the things you're grateful for. Like, I've kind of gotten away from that, and I'll talk about that later. But the, but the totems, I think, are way harder. I think for some of us, because we're in the grind and we keep moving because that's what we do, we forget to take inventory of the totems because when I made the move to sales gravy and I met with a few advisors and mentors and um, had the conversation of, you know, and you know, even Jeb said to me, are you willing to give up your business and become a full-time employee? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think so. I like my gut said yes immediately, but I was like, why is my gut so quick to say yes? <laughs> I like that you're suspicious I, like, of I, your I, gut. I, I, gut. <laughs> what are you, what are you, <laughs> Wait what are you doing? Where's my wallet? Seconds. You're <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wait a second. So, I, so I talked to my business coach, and, and we we talked about it for a long time. And he he said the coolest thing. He said, Gina, everything you've been doing up until this moment has prepared you 
for 100%. this. You're su- you're supposed to be exactly where you are right now. Don't look at this as like closing pivot ten results. You needed pivot ten results to get to sales gravy. And that was my aha moment. I think you just hit on a really great point too, Gina, is that honestly, depending on if you believe in God or the goddess or the universe or whatever, we are all exactly where we're supposed to be right when we're supposed to, like right when we're there. And 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 if we're yeah. failing, then it's because we're learning and growing. And sometimes you're sometimes you're just perfectly positioned. And even though you're perfectly positioned like you are right now for sales gravy, you're still like, wait a minute. Is this supposed to happen this way? Instead of like, fucking yeah, I will take the crown. Let's go. This is like instead you're like, hmm, should I do this? <laughs> it's like the pearly yeah. gates opening, like, oh yeah. should I go yeah. in there? <laughs> and well, I was just going to say that's the lesson that I took from the hit film Serendipity. Oh, it's been so long since since I saw that. So, what was what was the pivotal? What was the climatic moment in Serendipity? Oh, I don't know. It was just named Serendipity, and she was talking about serendipitous <laughs> events. Sometimes <laughs> things happen, uh, and and you have uh, yeah. no control of them. And you know, we so I want to go back to your peaks and valleys uh, analogy because it, it seems like Gina, you're you're going through a situation where you got you saw a peak. You got to the peak, and then just as you were cresting over that peak, you suddenly saw a way bigger peak. You're like, oh, God, I thought this was the peak, and now I've got this way bigger. So, so that's one thing. There's yes. also this other interesting phenomenon that happens, and, 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 and I want to give that space. There's, there's, there's a lot of um, despair can creep in, frustration, exhaustion, all of that stuff can creep in in that situation. But then there's this second phenomenon that people get to a, a legitimate peak and they can't see anything else above them. Uh, this often happens when people win the Super yep, Bowl. Been there. Uh, there. There have been players that have won the Super Bowl and the ticker yes. tape is coming down and they've worked their yep. entire lives through peewee football, high school, yep. college, and they get to the top of the mountain they go, wait a minute, this is it? Is this all there is? <laughs> and I'm sure people who work so hard to build their business and they become the CEO and they get an award or they, they build a million dollar, uh, you know, $10 million business and they go, wait a minute, this is it? And that's, that's a whole, that's a whole nother ball game of, of peaks and valleys. Well, that's, that's a really good point. And that's why there are, business coaches and advisors and business plans and forecasting like this is why people say what's your 10-year plan what's your 20-year plan like you have to have the bigger better plan because you always need something bigger to reach for something that seems unattainable and I you know it's kind of giggling that on my five-year plan I think I think it might have been in 2018 2018 or 2017 on that plan my five-year plan was to have a home studio Check like that, box. that to me is biz- because i'm like god i hope i can do that in five years right and it came way faster but i but i put it i put it out there that i wanted that to happen so in the subconscious right i'm making all these different strides to get there without even realizing I'm getting there for the bigger plan. And to your point, I got to the peak and I was like, 
oh my god it's even bigger and right especially working for a man like jeb because he does have high standards and expectations of quality and i love it i love it because it's forced me to step up and being in my own business while i had that that same persona and personality it was harder to step up when you're it when the buck stops with you, which makes me admire him that much more because I know how hard it is to push yourself when you're the head honcho. It is hard to push yourself. So anyone who can do it, kudos, because working with him just inspires me to go to that next peak. It inspires me to go, what is the Mm. next peak, right? Like I have these moments where, you know, I was in the studio last week, and he wanted me to shoot a promo video for the website um, for keynote speaking and for clients. And so he's like, all right, you're in charge of it. Storyboard it. Get with Trey. Produce it. Uh, put a list of questions together. And I like did all that. And then Trey and I were producing it. And, and he was shooting me. And, 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 and then Jeb happened to walk in, which is, wasn't distracting at all. Very. And and he, he looks at the questions. He's like, I hate these questions. These questions suck. These, that's not what I wanted. I was like, oh, man. So... <laughs> He's like, all right, we're just, I'm just going to do this. And he just started ripping questions at me. And, I, and, and it made sense now that he was, you know, giving me the vision. And he's like, you're really good on video. I was like, okay, I want you to, like, tomorrow I want you to come in and, like, um, I want you to spin out 10 videos for YouTube. I was like, what? What? Tomorrow? Tomorrow? <laughs> you want me to do you finish tomorrow? everything else you're supposed <laughs> to be getting done for me? But 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 he pushes. He pushes for and and his you know he's coming from a place of he wants every trainer to be a superstar. Mm. That's why it's called gravy, because there's all these ingredients mm-hmm. in the gravy, and he, and he wants everyone to shine. He wants everyone podcasting, and he wants everyone doing videos, and he wants everyone blogging. He's like, I, I want people to fall in love with all the trainers, not just me. I want them to have their favorite trainer. So it's it's getting that push. And so when I'm looking at what's the next peak, I was like, I just came up with a whole nother list of things I want to get accomplished. Well, Doug, <sighs> going back to your comment about the Super Bowl um, made me think of, I've got a mindset manager that's been helping me lately. She works with um, mental management systems, Heather Sumlin. She's the daughter of Lanny Basham. And, and he, Lanny Basham was an Olympian, Olympic sharpshooter. And their thing is they work with a lot of Olympic athletes. And one of the things that's really important is because the Olympics is kind of like the Super Bowl, like you mentioned, like you get the gold medal and then you're like, what's next? So it's really important in what I'm doing with my coach, uh, Heather, is to make sure that there's always another goal set before you reach the goal that you're reaching. So for example, like I have a show this weekend, I am in a better mental space of like having really no expectations about what's going to happen in this show, because I know that I know what I need to work on as soon as that's over in my uh, improvement season off season. Like I have a plan in place of what I'm going to do for the next four months. And so this goal, like I'm going to go and shine as bright as I possibly can. And I have something coming after that to look forward to. So it's not just like, 
like my very first show, I had the intention, I'm just going to win everything and that's going to be that. But like, what kind of goal is that? <laughs> you know, it didn't work out, but <laughs> it wasn't a very good goal anyways. But, <laughs> but it is important to always have, have something that you're reaching towards. Cause I was taught once that, um, happiness is not what really we're supposed to be striving for because happiness is, comes in moments. It's, it comes in fleeting moments. It doesn't stay. The thing that really is a great driving force is something to look forward to, something to move towards so that when you stumble and fall and skin your knee that you're like, okay, God, that sucked. And I'm going to go and continue on that way that I want to go because the journey is the destination and that's where the growth happens the painful hard moments where you're struggling to keep moving towards the goals and sometimes the mean girls come along and they make make your head turn like wait a minute should i be going that way and then if you're smart like me then you just wave at them and go hey i'm going that way thanks for noticing and keep on keeping on well, let's 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 wrap up the um, the Mean Girls segment of this, and just note that those the people who are mean are are intimidated and insecure, and it's the things that we are doing polarize them. And it's it's not about you, the person who's being talked about, or someone's being mean to you. It's it's about them. So you can't stop being who you are doing what you're doing. The most successful people are the ones who people think are crazy, right? They're the ones who create things and innovate and, and an event. And later people go, oh, I thought she was crazy, but I, 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 guess, I guess she's not. Um, I, I look at some of the mean girls I've had and I've, I've had some women in my life that I looked at as like mentors who tore me down behind my back into my face. And I was devastated because I'm like, gosh, I like, I put you on a pedestal and I look up to you and you're tearing me down. And so I had to like, I mean, I've been hurt by some, um, several different women who, you know, people who've doubted me starting Carolina Improv and had shitty things to say about me in the community and the fact that the theater was, you know, successful and people were like, oh, we never thought that would work. I'm like, clearly. Or the woman who we shall leave nameless who said to me, you can never be a sales coach. What kind of experience do you have? That gives you the right to say that. Fuck you. Look where I am now. Booyah. You just burnt it. That was good. Anyway, you I like, burnt it. You just sent it. It's up in flames now. It was burned. <laughs> good. <laughs> right? That same person who said to me, you know, you kind of hide behind either being funny or bitchy. I'm like, well, I'm a comedian, so there's that. So, thank you. <laughs> I literally said that to her. I'm like, I don't know if you've noticed. I own a comedy club. She's like, yeah, well, people who try to be funny are insecure. You have the potential to be like me to make money from the stage. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. So, you know, I, I saw it as she saw me coming for her. And that scared her because people are afraid of the competition coming up behind them instead of being in a collaborative mindset. Or the most recent... 
being evicted from our theater that we were not our theater, but we we were performing at someone's theater who evicted us, who for I can't even I'm not even gonna get into it because I'm taking the higher road. However, go for it. But what would you say to her? <laughs> you're taking you're getting off on the rest stop of the higher road for just a moment. We were we were wrapping up. This but is now a, we're not. this is a pee break. <laughs> Uh, off the higher road. <laughs> <laughs> what I wanted to say was, listen, bitch, just because your business model sucks and your approach sucks and you have no people skills, no one in town likes you and you have no friends. Maybe you should be looking at that. Boom. See, Gina doesn't need fists or guns. She just has <laughs> a good point. <laughs> the power of words. I have amazing friends who will come rescue me, be there for me, do things for me. I have an amazing life. I have an amazing job. And if you think evicting me from your theater is going to like you, you, Ooh, you got control and power. Okay. Go to bed with that. I don't know what to tell you. Good on you. Good luck on you. And then of course being high my back, what's she <laughs> saying about me? And other people are like, um, we don't, like, we don't, like, I got to, you know, you come get your things now. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, you want to make, maybe like get emotional control of yourself for a second before you make a knee jerk reaction? Like, maybe you want to think about that? I don't know. Like, even I, who can explode, I'm like, okay, just be professional here because there are too many people in the community. Like, don't make a knee jerk reaction decision. I'm like, you want to think about it? No, come get your shit now. Very good. All right. It's on you now to have to return, you know, do refunds and explain to people why you've, you know, canceled our show and all the things. You go for that. And so I went and I brought a posse with me to like get our stuff out because the goal was get in and out in 10 minutes, get all of our stuff. And then, and then everyone who showed up to do that, they were all designated. They all had an additional role. Do not let Gina speak. I'm like, do not let me speak. Do not let me engage. And sure enough, she was like a little chihuahua because she's got short woman syndrome. And literally, like chasing me around, like poking at me every, you know, and I'm like, not going to respond. And then she would go talk to one of my friends to be like, you know what? You know what she did? And my friend, I mean, it was so awkward. And that first, she's like, uh, I have no idea. I'm just here to move things. Well, I just wanted you to notice. She's like, okay. And like, consider the sources is my point. Whew, I needed to get that out of my system. Consider the sources. The people who are squawking are really squawking at themselves. Mic drop. Thanks for listening to this episode of Women Your Mother Warned You About. For more information on Gina or myself, Rachel Pitts, you can visit womenyourmotherwarnedyouabout.com. We'd love it if you'd leave a, a review at uh, iTunes so we can spread more of this type of love around this great nation and world of ours. All right, Warners, don't be mean. Be nice. We're out of here. See ya. This really will get serious soon. Yeah, don't, it doesn't have to. I don't think anybody wants it to be serious.